Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Mike Clifton. Mike is the Executive Vice President and Chief Information and Digital Officer of Alorica, a customer experience company with more than 100,000 employees across 15 countries. The company has roughly 2 billion customer interactions per year, and Mike's team is responsible for drawing from across that ocean of data to develop actionable insights. I look forward to hearing about his team's methods in so doing, among a variety of topics we'll cover. Mike's also been a tech and digital leader and operations executive and the head of transformation, innovation, and strategy across companies like the Hanover Insurance Group, Federal Home Loan Bank of Boston, and Cognizant prior to his current role. Mike, welcome to Technovation. It's great to see you today. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate you having me. No, it's a pleasure. And now for a word from our partner, Zoho, and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. Thanks, Peter. Since we started our partnership with you a couple of years ago, we have seen an increase of 30 million users on our cloud, totaling now to over 70 million users in the global enterprise using Zoho SaaS platform to run their businesses. One of the reasons for this growth is continuous innovation we have focused on in bringing together disconnected and siloed processes under the platform called Zoho One. Zoho One Suite offers over 50 products to run your business. We have now powered it with Zia, our AI assistant and Zoho's BI analytics platform. This allows users to speak the same language across departments and organizations through predictions and insights the platform provides. Learn more at zoho.com slash one. And now on to the interview. Well, so Mike, you are the Executive Vice President and Chief Information and Digital Officer of Alorica. You've been with the company for a bit more than six months now. Um, and I wonder for those who might be less familiar with it, take a moment and describe the business that Alorica is in. Yeah, so Alorica is about 100,000 people globally probably represent about uh, 15 countries, 30 languages. Uh, and what we provide is next generation customer experience. So this can be multiple channel platforms, can be voice of the client in terms of a CRM uh, and voice support in those languages. Um, so the best way I, I like to analyze it, if you're, uh, if you're a company that's global, you're looking for a footprint to expand your capability in customer service or back office processing, in multi-language format, Alorica is a service provider in all of those functions. That's really great. And and who are the personas you're you're typically, uh, and maybe there are many of them, but who are you yeah. typically working with on the client side? Yeah, so, you know, the typical would be a voice customer service agent. Um, can be at the back end of a customer service sales experience. Uh, can be at the value add of a, digital moment in terms of uh, a food delivery service and next generation capability around being able to get you a complimentary voice assist service to any chat or any other function that may be in retail web support, all the way to uh, helping government agencies support uh, ongoing uh, individual citizens responses uh, up until healthcare and banking and to help back office and take intake and claim support or any other financial transaction support. Excellent. Thanks for that overview. Uh, I mentioned I mentioned you're the chief information and digital officer. Talk about the the two sides of that title and what that entails. Uh, you know, what, what's within your purview? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's. I think you're seeing a lot more of the industry go uh, the way of combining information and digital into a single uh, individual or departments. I would say synergistic departments is a is a good way to think about it. You know, in a CIO's job, you're always thinking about making sure that you're efficient, you're delivering uh, business requirements to what uh, drives uh, profitable growth, um, expansion, uh, new markets, new products. But then you're sort of being uh, positioned as you think about market and, and expansion, you can't uh, go into today's world without digital being uh, top of mind, right? It's, it's sort of the word that pivoted on the major pandemic hit. And what it drove was a lot of new opportunity in the marketplace uh, for us, at least, and for many companies that had a digital presence to really engage customers differently. Um, and what we realized is most of our efforts, especially in those of uh, great IT people that we've got in Alorica is really about enabling clients. Um, and whether that's through a network connectivity to circuits and voice capabilities to global infrastructure and support around security models, uh, we clearly became in that pandemic pivot, it became a reason to talk to them. Uh, and once you start talking, a lot of great things can happen. Uh, you start bridging those digital moments around integrated processes. You start integrating systems differently than you might have before. Um, when you're working at home with 100,000 people, you're starting to talk about those models and operating models in a way that uh, opens up new channels. And so what that combination of CDO and CIO um, started to think about product, product development, product marketing uh, in the channel for those avenues. So I get the benefit of both having to help think about and strategize on building tomorrow's next generation, but now I have to actually build it and do it and deliver it. So, uh, you know, it's part of that fulfillment life cycle. <laughs> I like to say it's that real-time agile CDO to CIO where you own making sure that the right products in the hands of your customer base uh, and it's configured as appropriately and quite frankly, as efficiently as possible all the way to the CIO, making sure it's operationally run um, and driven in, in the least possible cost, right? Whether that's SaaS or platforms of services or uh, stitched cloud capabilities or whatever it is, it's your job to make it all work and elegantly. So it's a great overview. And I know, uh, Mike, this is uh, a role, as you described, that is very customer facing. And a lot of CIO, even CDO roles are not necessarily that. Uh, and I know you've had technology executive roles at numerous companies that have not necessarily been externally focused as well. There's plenty to focus on internally in a lot of companies <laughs> uh, and a lot of complexity to those roles that are primarily operational. Talk mm. about the sort of change in emphasis uh, that that you know you now have as a result of having sort of an inside as well as an outside component to what you and the team do and the extent to which that's colored the way you think about um, uh, putting a team together. Uh, be interested in some of your insights there also. Yeah, no, it's it's a great point. Um, you know, I think it comes down to a bit of your background and skills. Uh, I've always been either on the client side consuming uh, from multiple sources, high tech services, you know, consulting services, technology services to a provider of those same services. And then now back to a consumer of those services. So um, to me, it's a natural progression, uh, especially in today's world where you better be able to articulate the technology being a seat at the table, but also a technologist being a voice of the customer and an advocate of the customer to be able to achieve what they want. 
Um, when you think about our business, what we 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 relentless, right? We relentless on our employees, making sure that they um, start their day effectively, get plugged into whatever client uh, capable functionality and technology we need to make sure they're productive. We have very much a, a high focus on making sure the the employee is at the heart of Alorica. We call them Aloricans, and uh, they are they are clearly our differentiator. When you think of that, you have to think about their experience and their journey. Um, and then you sort of start to cross over to that sort of other side where you're now starting to listen to the client about what the capabilities they need are. And they started to be very clear to us. So for me, I just have an ear for listening. Uh, so I, I got myself into those meetings to be able to sort of do a few things, right? What are we doing for the client? What's the best thing we could do for the client? How might we do it differently? Um, and then the, the, our clients, uh, you know, we have over 300 of them. Um, they want a voice into us. Uh, we do a lot of their voice services. So we, uh, we hear a lot of what's going on. We see those themes. And so we started to see some of those trends come through uh, and take an opportunity to pivot on those. So, you know, that, that external view, I think, is a, a bit of a, I, I think our CEO likes to call it, it's the reasoning we all need. It's the it's what it's what makes us tick, and we should always think about it that way. And we encourage most of our leadership to shadow our uh, our call center our agents, our back office processes, so they fully understand what it's like to be a life in the day of one of those individuals. So. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. Mm-hmm. And I know from our past conversations, Mike, that. Um, you, you sit on an ocean of data uh, and and the data, like for so many organizations, is at least a potential source of tremendous advantage for the company. The The issue, of course, is being able to, to manage that data and analyze it, to draw insights from it, to then create actions, uh, hopefully more rapidly as a result of having done all those steps prior uh, effectively. Talk a bit about uh, developing a strong foundation uh, of data and, and being able to, first of all, also, if you wouldn't mind providing a bit of context in terms of the scale of the data that you're collecting, as well as then how you're going through the analysis of it, would be very interested to hear more. Yeah, no, it's thank you. It's a great question because it is a mountain. I, I think it may be the largest mountain um, that we have inside the company. And it, and it for us, it's a, it's a path to a fantastic number of insights. So if you think about our transactions with clients on our behalf, we do about 2 billion transactions a year where we interact with clients' clients. Uh, It's that simple. We hear them, we listen to them, we talk to them, we record them, um, we learn from them, and those insights become actionable. Um, Now, for our clients, we provide that capability, patent matching, voice and linguistics, natural language processing as services. But for us, it's also a bit of thematic patenting that we can use to think about our AI and ML models as we sort of address the industry, right? So we are vertically oriented. Uh, In those verticals, we can hear and understand a lot about what we might do better as a company and put those insights and actions to work for us as an ingestion internally. At the same time, we can start to think about, you know, what is the buying patents? What are the capabilities where we can start to get preventable actions or intent, as we like to call them, right, in the industry, understood before incoming calls happen. So we start to use that sort of closed loop of knowledge mapping to start thinking about as industry events happen, retail and large-scale Black uh, Black Friday events or 
healthcare in terms of renewal cycles and onboarding, um, patient onboarding, um, pandemic planning as it relates to, you know, watching the trends as you'd watch the globe um, start to think about and identify patterns of the of the virus making its way through certain, certain zip code states, territories, geographies. All those things are actionable insights, which also help drive behavior at our calls uh, or our interactions or our chats or our, our virtual assists. Those intents are all built on data that's actionable, data that's sort of correlated um, and AI and, and trained models that sort of preempt. So many of those interactions and that data um, is where our insights go. Um, and we've built a fairly standard practice around ingesting, understanding, and moving towards patent recognition and helping clients, you know, drive some change. I mean, you, if you could understand the amount of calls you may get on certain disruptive things, uh, change in billing process as basic as an insurance company to, you know, a claim where maybe uh, policy processes have changed. Um, those intents being queued up to be helpful and drive a rapid response that is, you know, seconds uh, versus minutes is a massive cost savings for many clients, right? And hopefully for us too. So that data becoming more actionable for us is where we're headed. Um, certainly it's in place in a number of uh, companies now, and we've, we've, uh, we've got a path to perfect that. And, and you alluded to uh, some of the the important trends in technology that help you parse through that, whether it's artificial intelligence, machine learning, you've referenced RPA as a, as a key ingredient to it as well. How do you think about as each of those are trends that are themselves evolving uh, with new standards, new players uh, who, who are delivering, you know, best in class solutions? How do you think about the ecosystem that you're building in order to deliver all that you described, Mike? Yeah, um, I think about it way too much is my problem. Because <laughs> um, it, 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 I think you actually uh, used the words I would repeat over and over. It, it's an evolving ecosystem. Um, the, the amount of data we have uh, clearly is an asset. Um, the usage of that data is a maturing ecosystem. The insights from that data, we have some. Are they the right ones? Uh, still thinking about it, right? But if you if you unpack our customer base, when we do our surveys, 80% of our customers come back and say, if we could learn from our data in a more advanced way than we are today, we'll be better off. I mean, that's clearly a goal for everyone. It's almost as if the lake is full, the mountains are overflowing with water and, and it's called data. And everybody's saying, I want actions from it. But we're all trying to get the most value we can. And to me, I think we have to focus um, when you think about that maturing ecosystem. Um, how do we preempt actions by understanding patents and understanding the behavior of our clients and its customers? When you know that, um, you can be much more proactive in the way you think about shaping those models, shaping those intent engines, and being responsive. Um, in either calls, e-delivered services, or uh, digital CX moments, right? That that for us is the the focus and and uh, the outcome. But I think most clients would say knowledge management is key. Um, revenue 
when it relates to process, i.e., you know, that full journey of quote the clash or any of the core engines, um, they put us right squarely in there and say, whatever you can do to help us, uh, we'll take all the advice we can get. So that's uh, that's really where I think that's where the sweet spot is for us. And that maturing is all about us trying to get that data in terms of those patterns and the matching about those moments in, in a critical way. That's really very interesting. I wanted to also ask you, we've talked about the multi-layer aspects of, of your current set of responsibilities. You know, to my to my uh, review anyway, and, and having gotten to know you across multiple stops on your journey, you've had an unusual number of combinations of responsibilities. You know, for a long time, there weren't a lot of ampersands in titles. It was you were the, you know, if you're a chief of something, it's the one thing. Uh, you, you've... Uh, You've been an operating officer on its own. You've been a CIO and a COO together. Uh, you've been a chief technology innovation officer. Uh, you've led transformation and strategy. Um, what is it, Mike, about your background, do you think, that has lent itself well to these combinations? And I'm curious, like, to what extent it was even perhaps insights of your own, maybe at this point having led multiple disciplines um, you know, uh, unto themselves in, the, in their in their normal silos, but then also in combination that has perhaps even caused you to suggest some of these combinations as your as your career has has unfolded. Um, talk a bit about the genesis of that and how it's continued to be a sort of a, an and in the middle of your title, in addition to just a simplistic one. Yeah, I um, I have to give you a side about a funny story is it, I would love to consider it to be an ampersand, but my wife actually calls it career ADD is what she said. <laughs> what do you really want to be when you grow up? And uh, I'm still looking, maybe that's, that's actually the, uh, the history lesson is never stop looking. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there's one thing I learned early in when I started this uh, journey uh, many moons ago, uh, I was in support. I was sitting in a cubicle right out of college taking 800 calls for what was 3D modeling and surface design from many of our manufacturing clients. And we had to diagnose and understand 3D and all the things that come together with surface modeling. And I realized that sitting in that cubicle was much, uh, much more sexier to be out selling this really cool stuff. So I figured uh, I should just go do some selling. And then uh, I didn't stop selling for quite a while. But what I learned was, uh, you know, the salespeople who present the products and the products as they stand alone, as good or bad as they may be, whatever you represent, um, that's the tip of the spear. Uh, Everything behind that is about enabling that interaction. Good customer service, great responsiveness, standalone product. And what I figured out is I better go figure out how to build products. Because, by the way, if you have a great product, the sale's easy. It's still not, it's still not as easy as people like to make it, right? It doesn't sell itself. But great product helps. Great customer service helps. And so I started moving around in my career to try to understand those pieces. Now, I had a pretty decent set of mentors. So my reality was that they taught me that IT by itself does nothing. Uh, IT in, con- in concert with good product and good customer service and great salespeople, that, that is a sweet spot of a combination that you don't get a lot. Um, but when you get it, you, you have to capitalize on it. And so I've, I've had the luxury of being able to learn uh, many things and get 
titles and which come with that uh, affordability, but it's not, I think the trade I have is I stick my nose in uh, and I sort of get things quickly, but I stick my nose in deep enough to try to understand it all because I, I think that requires that level of interaction. So they probably, most people who work with me in my past probably would say that I'm a little more data and detailed than most, but um, facts matter as they would say. And then, uh, you know, I, I like to have a blast at the end of the day, if you're, if you're not laughing uh, and at least finding some humor in what you do <clears throat> or about yourself and trying to do it, uh, and I, believe me, learning all this stuff was not easy, so I laughed at myself quite a bit, um, I, it's not worth doing. And so you got to love what you do. And I, you know, I've made you laugh over the years with some of my, my responses, um, but, but I, I'm sure my, my people who work for me and my staff today would say, He's just a riot. And that's just because uh, we try to do so much um, that if we weren't laughing, it would, it would be a lot harder. So. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. Yeah. I wanted to also ask you, Mike, as somebody who, again, has been successful in so many different settings, different industries, you know, as you look back across uh, the sweep of your career and think about some of the the key elements, the key moments that have led to, you know, the, the climbing an additional rung. Uh, and especially like if this were sort of pitched as, uh, you know, uh, offering guidance to somebody a decade or two younger than you, what, what are some of the secrets along the way you think that have been difference makers for you? You know, uh, I, I would, uh, there's the old adage is it's always something worth trying, uh, to try new things. Um, but quickly realize where your limitations are. Um, and so I, I would say if I was, <laughs> I, I have a, I do this, I talk to every one of our new hires um, when they come on board. And I, I love to hear their experiences. I love to hear where they came from. I also do some trending with the data. Most of them are musicians, a lot of gamers, by the way, but a lot of musicians. So creative types, which I, I think is fantastic. And I always uh, look back and, they, you know, how did you get where you are? You know, give me some advice kind of question. Um, and I'd, I've been blessed. I've been lucky. Uh, I've had some great people who sort of looked at my skills and said, boy, he seems to be very inquisitive and uh, he gets it quickly. So let's give him this opportunity. Let's give him that opportunity. And uh, I never asked for anything. I always just took the opportunity and moved in that way. Um, and so I would say, you know, maybe that's not the trade of many today. Maybe it's, if you get a little bit more, you want a little bit more, but I just had this unrelenting quest for more knowledge. So, um, and without asking, I was just afforded more and more and, you know, careers got built that way. And those, those blocks helped me understand that sort of lens of many roles into what needs to be, you know, the perfect harmony of a great sale or a great experience with a client. So I would say uh, I might not be the poster child for the best journey, but I certainly uh, would tell everybody if you're given the opportunity to go learn something because someone sees it in you that you could do it, take it, uh, learn it. That doesn't mean you have to give up what you already do. It just means that you got more skills to continue to to sort of build upon. And I think those interactions from very different places uh, give you an affordability. And, and, and I think <clears throat> I think the old CEO of my last company used to say to me, I wish I had 25 more generalists like you because you could do 12, 12 jobs. Uh, and I used to say, I, I just want to do one really well. That'd be great. So, <laughs> but, uh, but he would laugh. Maybe, maybe <laughs> anyway, but uh, my, my sense is be, 
be a good shepherd of your own career. You own it. Mm-hmm. Learn as much as you can. Um, your management is there to guide you on that, not to own your career. You own it. And I think that's the one thing that I've always taken with me is, you know, it's my job to build it um, and they will buy it if I build it the right way. That's great advice. Thank you for reflecting on that. We've talked about a number of, of important trends from data and analytics, generally speaking, the role that AI and, and ML and, and uh, robotic process automation play in making those easier. Um, are there other trends as you think, to the, as you look to the future rather, uh, Mike, that you would call out or underscore as uh, particularly meaningful, you know, as you, you're thinking about the roadmap ahead? You know, for I put it in the lens for us, our world is, you know, is about interactions with clients, right? It's about making it as, as frictionless as possible, as, as productive as possible and as short as possible. Um, And so when you, when you have that call, when you have that discussion, you have that moment of processing, uh, you've got to put that information that they need in their hands. Um, You also can start to see the industry evolve uh, heavily into fully augmented natural language virt- virtual assist, right? Where you would think you're talking to people, but you're not. Um, that technology is being perfected, certainly rapidly. Um, and we've got to supplement that capability into our domain as we think about the future, right? So if you have a fully outcome-based service, right? If you're If you're a next generation FinTech or tech industry, you don't have infrastructure. You need a nested set of services with an outcome based, which is, I really need a customer experience engine. Um, I need to be able to take it into multiple channels. I need to be able to service it in multiple ways, voice, full CX, full natural language, uh, chat, um, whatever the options are. And then I need it driven by outcome, which is outcome as a service price. So we're seeing that evolution, especially on the the new next generation tech stacks um, certainly become the standard, right? And we're primed to make that. I think that one, that's where all the great science comes together and you can really look at next generation end-to-end journey mapping and you've made a difference to someone. Um, and you, you're starting to design tomorrow into to the platform. Uh, and you're working really collaboratively with the business people from these clients to sort of say, what if we did this? What if we did that? And you're ingesting a lot of great information so that the the source of that information becomes actionable events, which is which is great. It's very differentiating for them in the industry. That's a great overview, uh, Mike, and a great summation in many ways of what you've described across uh, the conversation as to what you and your team are doing at Alorica. Uh, well, Mike Clifton, thank you so much for for a really interesting and stimulating conversation covering a bunch of different topics and and delving more deeply into uh, the mission that you and, and your team at Alorica are, are pushing forward, the remarkable treasure trove of data that you're collecting from many different customer interactions, the ways in which you and your team are are, are becoming more enmeshed in, in uh, enhancing the customer experience in some really creative ways among a variety of things we covered. Uh, thank you so much. Peter, always great to talk to you. Thank you so much for having us on on your call.